we come this morning to revisit for just a few minutes the covenant with Abraham or Abram at the time. We talked last week a little bit about how it paralleled some of the other covenants we have looked at and uh, wanted to follow up with some of the, the specific things related to this covenant and how it affects us today and how we see Christ in it. Um, this is found in Genesis chapter 12 is where God basically promises Abraham essentially six things, um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So this is chapter 12, uh, 13s and 14 is a little bit of history and some, some fightings going on in the land in which Abram is dwelling. And then God shows up in chapter 15 where he ratifies the covenant and they actually go through the uh, ceremonial uh, covenant um, a ceremony where they split the animals and pass between them and so forth. Then 16 and 17 is the story of Isaac and or the story of the promise of Isaac. And 17 is where God re, re again or restates his intention to establish a covenant with Abram and his descendants. And he marks out the benefits of that covenant. So we're going to cover several passages in all three of those chapters, 15, 17, uh, 15, um, 12, 15, and 17. Um, This is classic language. When God shows up in in 12, uh, chapter 12, he just introduces himself and it said, and the Lord said to Abram, that is uh, later in chapter 15, it'll say, and the word of the Lord came to Abram. That is classic language of a prophet. You see that phrase used repeatedly when you see the later prophets. So Abram is seen not only as the father of nations, but also as a prophet in his own right. And so he begins, uh, the Lord said to him, go forth from your country. This is chapter 12, by the way. And from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. All those blessings should take our mind back to the covenant with Adam when he said, he says, God bless them, and then he said, go be fruitful and multiply. And there there is a reason for that order, and the reason I point that out. It says the same thing to Noah. It says, and God blessed him and said, go forth and multiply. And now God says, I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation. And the reason I think it's very important to keep in mind that these covenants are connected is because it shows that God's purpose and plan has not changed. It has not altered. His plan has always been to bless and then have people multiply and fill the world with people that know him and love him and celebrate him so that his glory can be around the world. That's his plan. And so he's still in the process of doing that when he comes to the covenant with Abram. And so you ask, well, what was the point of the first two? The point of the first two is he says to them, here's what you need to do. I bless you and I want you to go be fruitful and multiply and they couldn't handle it so they did uh, they did multiply and then they became evil so God starts again and he says to Noah here's what you need to do I mean, you need to go I bless you and you go be fruitful and multiply and then they did but in turning turning instead of turning to pure evil only all the time they turned to ultimate vanity and hubris and they felt they did not need God they were equal to God so they started to build a great tower and you know the story the tower of Babel and so God scatters the nations 
And then with Abram, he's starting again because he has established that humanity apart from him is incapable of doing what it is God wants done. Apart from God, humanity can't do it. They either devolve into rank evil or they, they go to the opposite spectrum where they think they're so good they don't need God. And either is wrongful. And so God establishes by history uh, that we are incapable of doing it. And so he says when he gets to the covenant with Abram, notice the language shifts a little bit. He doesn't say, I bless you, now you go and multiply and be fruitful. No, he says, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great. I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And I think what God is saying is now that you have seen and I have demonstrated for all history and time that man can't do it, I will do it because I am the only one that can. So he no longer says to Abraham or Abram at this time, go and be, multiply and be fruitful. He, he just says, I will multiply you. Which is interesting because what's the one thing that uh, Abram will lament is that he, he can't have children or Sarah can't have children. And so he, he laments to God, and we'll get to that in a moment. But the point is that this blessing that he gives him has the idea that God is the one doing it. And it should take our minds to the New Testament promises where we hear Jesus say something very similar. And he says, I will build my church. Because without him, we are incapable of building a church. We are incapable of being, by definition, a body of Christ without Christ. Although you sometimes begin to wonder if people aren't trying to do just that. So Jesus says, I will build my church. God said, I will multiply you. I will make you great. And I will bless you. Now this idea of blessing... Uh, it, it doesn't just emerge sort of from, you know, if you just read it carefully enough, if you just read it slowly enough. It, it doesn't emerge in these chapters. It erupts in these chapters. Five times in three verses, God uses the word bless. I am going to bless you. Listen to what he says. It, well, it's really five times in two verses, two and three. It says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of, of the earth will be what? Blessed. You get the idea that God actually intends to bless Abram. And if you don't get that idea, then you're missing the whole point. That's what he says five times in two verses. I am going to bless you. Now that is extremely good news for you. That's extremely good news for me. And you think, why? What's, why is that good news for me? What does that have to do with me? Well, uh, Paul tells us in Galatians. Listen to what Paul says. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Paul's talking about the law versus faith and so forth. But this is what he says when he comes to chapter 3, verse 6. Um, and I'm in 1 Corinthians, so that's not going to work. Uh, let me get to Galatians. Chapter 3, verse 6, this is what Paul says. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. We'll get to that passage in, in uh, later chapters in just a moment. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing uh, 
that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel before, uh, beforehand to Abraham, saying what? All the nations shall be blessed in you. You are an heir of Abraham. You are an heir even still of the Abrahamic covenant. This covenant applies to you because one of the things that God promises is that you will be his people and you, he will be your God. That's one of the benefits and blessings of the covenant. And you are an heir of that covenant. In fact, you are the true heir of that covenant. You say, well, we, you know, I can't trace my family tree back to Abraham. You can trace your spiritual family tree all the way back to Abraham. And God has blessed the nations through Abraham and made children of God that are heirs of Abraham. And I don't know if you ever thought about it, uh, you know, your inheritance. Um, and, or maybe, maybe you're thinking about um, spending it before you get to leave it for, for someone else. I saw a lady with a T-shirt on one time and said, we're spending our kids' inheritance, you know, <laughs> good for you, you know. Um, but anyway, families uh, pass down, you know, interesting things sometimes. One of the things that, that I inherited, sort of a family heirloom, is a, uh, a little bit older, probably a 1940s or 50s kitchen colander, painted black, loaded with river rock. Just... Anyway, <laughs> we're from Arkansas, but well, that's the kind of thing we pass down, you know. So people pass down interesting things. What Abraham has passed down to you through him, through Christ, is to be an heir with Abraham. To have as your God, Yahweh. To have relationship with him and be blessed by him. What a magnificent thing. You get up every day and say, I am an heir to Abraham through Christ. And I walk in a steadfast relationship with none other than Yahweh. What a blessing to be an heir of Abraham. Now, since this idea of blessing is so prevalent in the initial promises that lead to the covenant, and we'll get to the terms of the covenant because it's the same kind of, of thought we, we need to be sure that we are, have a clear understanding of what God means when he says, I will bless you. Because if we are not very careful, we will do something very popular today, and that is to take whatever definition you walk around with of blessing in your mind, that's how you're going to read this. And you're going to say, if I want to be blessed, I have to bless Abraham. Ergo, I have to bless Israel. And so I, I shudder to think that the United States would ever not side politically with the nation state of, of Israel because that would be, you know, we weren't blessing Abraham somehow. And so we're bringing a curse on our nation if we don't side with or bless the nation state of Israel. But what do we mean by blessing? Because if somebody asks you this morning, uh, you know, how, how can I bless you? Or if, uh, I, I, I don't know, if Jeff Bezos came to church and said, how can I bless this church? Oh, we'd, we'd make a list, right? It's nothing to him, and he wants to bless us. So, uh, you know, just, well, you can just leave your checkbook. 
Yeah, we'll buy a building and we'll buy everybody a new car. And, uh, you know, we, we could have all kinds of stuff. And if we are not very careful in our modern age, we think of blessing as things, possessions. And if not possessions, it, maybe it's good health. That's a blessing. Well, that's a blessing to be sure. But we use the term blessing in a different way than God is using the term blessing. And so we need to be very careful that if we are going to, you know, sort of champion this notion that God is offering a blessing, we need to understand what this blessing meant to Abram. We need to understand what God meant when he used the word blessing, well, it's translated blessing, to Abraham. Because I am convinced it is, may not be the word or the same definition of that word that we have in the 20th century United States. When we talk about blessing, we automatically, our minds jump into the 20th century and we think about things. We think about money. We think about success. We think about health. We think about, you know, longevity. We think about all these things that we call blessings. And hear me, right? Those are blessings uh, by the 20th century definition of the word blessing, but that is not the meaning of the word that we see here, at least not that alone or even primarily. Now, the good thing is it does uh, reveal itself if we read carefully chapters 12 to 17. And we're not, you, some of you will look relieved, but we are not going to read uh, 12 to 17 uh, together right now. I just suggest that you read uh, particularly 12, 15, and 17 if you wanted to, the intervening chapters are, are more history. But if you want to get an idea of what he means when he talks about the blessing, we must look at what it meant to Abram. And there is a consistent theme that begins to develop when we talk about this blessing. In fact, in Scripture, anytime we get near the word blessing, a theme shows itself. And it's not primarily or even uh, it does entail some because he does say your, your descendants will leave Egypt with many possessions. And so it does uh, have some connotation of a, a uh, monetary blessing. But that's not, the primary, that's not the primary thing that we see developing. We first see this in a blessing in, in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. What's he say? Go forth from your relative, from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Well, what's the blessing? What sticks out is just the emphasis when he says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and so you should be a blessing. What, what sticks out in your mind? It's not money. It's not power. It's not... It's not a blessing in terms of health. What's the first thing he says? I will make you a great nation. How do you become a great nation? Well, let's see if we can't clarify. It says in verse 3, he says, um, through Abraham. Now, part A is sort of the, the positive statement that I will bless those who bless you and the second part of verse 3 is sort of the inverse, that not only will I bless those that bless you, but I will curse those that curse you. But the real emphasis in verse 3 is the, the final clause in which he says, and in you all the families of the earth will be what? Blessed. What's the blessing? Well, we'll get to that. Just see if we can catch an idea of the, th the theme here. If we turn over now to chapter 15, yes, we're, we're skipping some history. 
This is where God shows up and begins to ratify through the ceremony of the covenant, this covenant that he's promised to Abraham. He says in verse uh, chapter 15, verse 1, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward will be very great. Now, the idea of reward, I think, is the same thematically as this idea of blessing. Well, what's the reward? Well, what does Abraham say immediately? And Abraham said, O Lord God, what would thou give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar from Damascus. When God says, great will be your reward, Abram's immediate thought is this, I don't have an heir. How will my reward be great? I don't have a child. I don't have any to pass, anyone to pass this along to. How can I be a great nation? I'm sure his mind went back to the promises. You said you're going to make me a great nation. You're going to multiply me. I don't have a child. So every time we get near the word blessing or reward, there is a theme that emerges. And if you look now in chapter uh, 15, in verse 2, well, that's one we just looked at where Abraham said, what will you give me, Lord, since I have no child? If you go down to uh, over to chapter 17 now, this is after um, he sort of tried to help God out and had a child with Hagar and birthed Ishmael into the world. Um, and if you look at chapter 17, verses 1 to 8, listen, this is the covenant. And this is the benefits of the covenant. See if you can... See if there's a, a theme that emerges. When, now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram, said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, be blameless, and I will establish my covenant between me and you. And here it comes, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Is there a theme? Fruitfulness. Right? I will bless you. I'll make you the father of nations. says it several times. And I will make you exceedingly, verse 9, I will make you exceedingly what? Fruitful. Well, what was the command to creation? I bless you. Be fruitful. What's the command to Noah? I bless you. Be fruitful. What's the promise to Abraham? I will bless you. I will multiply you. And I will make you fruitful. Exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. That's the promise of the covenant. And it's not so much about riches. It's not so much about possessions. It's not so much about power or fame or even the land per se. He promises that to them. But what is the crux of, of the promise and the blessing is fruitfulness, that God is going to multiply him and make him exceedingly fruitful. You look at chapter 17 on down in verse 16. 
Now God is talking about Sarah. He changes her name. He says, As for Sarai, your wife, you should not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And what? Verse 16. I will bless her, and indeed you will have a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. What's the blessing? A child. Progeny. Passing down the faith. Passing down the covenant. An heir. And not only that, listen to what God says even of Ishmael. Because I don't know if you recall this story, but Abraham in his heart says, oh, that Ishmael could stand before you as well. And God says, no. My covenant is with one you will call Isaac. My covenant is with one that will come from your wife. But I have heard your prayer. And he says of Ishmael in verse 20, Genesis 17, 20, he says, And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him. And what? And will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. So even though Ishmael, Ishmael wasn't the son of promise, he wasn't the son of the covenant, God still said, okay, I've heard your prayer, Abraham. Uh, I will bless him and I will make him the father of a great nation. I will make kings and princes come from him because that is what we're talking about when he we look at these passages and God says, I will bless you. So this idea that uh, blessing somehow means we can garner favor with God, which translates into something I want, that if I just bless Israel, God's going to bless me. And so if I just give to uh, somebody who's building something over in Israel, not mentioning names, but anyway, um, John Higgy. Anyway, he's, if he's building something over in Israel, and, you know, if you give to that ministry because you're blessing the nation state of Israel, God's going to return to you tenfold because he said, I will bless those that bless you. Maybe you'll just have a baby because that is the blessing. He is talking about passing on faith and life and a covenant with the Almighty God that he would be their God and they would be his people. And then Paul tells us gloriously in Galatians who those people are. And you're sitting right here. You are the promised heirs of Abraham. Come to full fruition. And you didn't even know he was Jewish. My goodness, what a, what a blessing. But anymore, people don't see children as blessings, do we? It's a difficult thing, you know, children. But what a blessing. Yeah. Depends on how many you have, I suppose. Some, some, you know, you think, too much blessing, Lord. <laughs> of course, I jest, but, you know, children are a magnificent blessing of God. And we have so forgotten that in this country. We want everything to be about convenience and about me. And if that means terminating a blessing, so be it. I can't imagine as we read through these, these passages and we see this magnificent covenant 
Well, God makes all these wonderful promises. We could possibly miss the idea that it has to do with families of the earth being blessed. That has to do with great nations and peoples. It has to do with children and progeny and offspring and fruitfulness. That's the blessing. That's what God is doing through Abram, and then becomes Abraham. That's what God is doing through Sarai, becomes Sarah. That's what he's doing through all these covenants as he is creating and multiplying and causing to be fruitful people who will take the gospel to the ends of the earth so that, according to John, to those that do believe, they have the power and authority to become what? Children of God. There's the ultimate fruitfulness that he's talking about. All the families of the world will be blessed by you because through you will come the one that will create children of God. The ultimate fruitfulness. And now millions upon millions upon millions of people either have in the past, have now in the present, and will in the future give their life to Christ and become children of God. Thus, when God takes Abraham out into the night sky and he says, look at the stars, are you able to number them? Now, Abraham doesn't, you know, isn't foolish enough to answer because the clear answer is no. It's a rhetorical question. Could you possibly number the stars? No. Then so shall be your descendants. Can you imagine the magnitude of joy that Abraham now has? As one by one, people become his heirs. He could not have imagined being childless at 100 years old that someday he would have more heirs than possibly anybody in human history. Because God promised him just that, that he would bless him. He would make his name great. And indeed, three major religions and several nations um, trace their lineage back to Abraham. He has made his name great. He has blessed him and through him given us the Savior through whom you are blessed. I told you this morning, I was tempted to ask how you're doing this morning, but I already know how you're doing. You are blessed. I'm blessed. I don't know. Have you seen that, uh, you know, somebody was telling me they got a letter from the gas company in Springfield, just warning people gas is going to double. I'm blessed. Yeah. Electricity already doubled, at least in Willard. I'm blessed. There's going to be a food shortage. <laughs> I'm so blessed. Yeah. Oh, prices are going to keep going through the roof. You're not going to be able to afford this. Afford... You know, I wanted to big make a salad the other day. I couldn't afford the silly hearts of palms, like $8 a jar. Now, you know, I'm blessed. I mean, all this stuff going on around us. Don't forget that you are blessed beyond measure because you are a child of the covenant that God is still keeping and still working out and he is still causing people to become heirs of Abraham through the blessed Jesus. What a marvelous testimony. Can I trace my lineage back to uh, you know, Abraham? Oh, I sp spiritually, I can. You know, humanly speaking, we're a bunch of moonshiners that wandered up this way through Georgia and Tennessee, but spiritually, I'm a child of Abraham, heir to the covenant with Yahweh. Wow. That should make you feel blessed.
because you are. Let's pray.